Welcome, welcome, welcome to Planning Face Syndicate, episode 72, Building an Empire to Stand the Test of Times. Welcome back to our weekly podcast. Tonight, because AMG somehow forgot to give us new points, which seems ludicrous to me, but they forgot to give us new points. So we decided we're going to continue our series on comparing X-Wing to chess with some discussions on understanding list building, determining how it interacts with other lists, and what you should be looking for. We're also going to be talking about how to review new lists that we're going to build for some newer players, which we believe is an important part of community building. With that being said, let me welcome my co-hosts to the show. Welcome, JJ. Welcome, George. How are you all doing tonight? Howdy, honey. Doing well. Yourself? Good. I spent all day, half the day driving and watching hockey, uh, so there's that. I did that today, but other than that, it was a pretty good day, you know, very cold in Michigan. So I don't know what to tell you on that one. I kind of wish the cold here, the cold here. <laughs> it's pretty warm here. Yeah, it's actually pretty warm where I'm at too. Um, so yesterday I got, uh, I got Shanghai into helping out my brother uh, to uh, help cover a wedding uh, for a uh, video slash photography. And I was uh, helping him out with his secondary video recording uh, let me tell you, I have a whole new level of respect uh, for people who do photography and videos, especially for like weddings. Um, it's 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 a very um, it's definitely very physical, and you're there for the entire event. We were there for about nine hours, and uh, man, it, it's a lot of work, and uh, you just don't realize how much you have to take care for like lighting and settings and angles and stuff. And I learned a lot yesterday, but it was, uh, it was a ton of fun. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fun. It's kind of fun. I've never actually done any of those things before. So I've never, I've attended weddings, but I've never done like photography or catering or any of those weird, uh, you know, things that people do, I think. So, well, cool. So it sounds like you had a fun weekend. Um, Mm -hmm. Very enjoyable. George, did you do anything spectacular other than sweat? <laughs> uh, not really. Um, I spent most of my Saturday just um, practicing for X-Wing, just running different lists, trying out different stuff. And then I went to like a, like a Halloween party uh, later in the evening. And then today, pretty much just chilled in the house and clean. Nothing spectacular. Awesome. Awesome. Well, quick update on some announcements. So hopefully we're going to get points this week. Um, It would be nice. I have a bad feeling they're going to make us go two weeks, though. I just I just feel like we're going to have to go two weeks before we get points Um, because Battle of Yarvin doesn't come out for two weeks. So I have a bad feeling. Isn't it it the 25th that it comes out? I heard. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not next weekend. It's the weekend after. It would be two Fridays. Yeah. Two Fridays. Yeah. So it would be nice if they gave us a points update and it would be super nice if they gave us like all the points for like Coruscant and the hot shots and aces. And I secretly say this because there's a tournament that we're playing in in December and I would like to start practicing now because we need to know, well, we need to know how good the resistance pose is going to be. Um, that's the first thing. And we also need to go oh, how good that that battle of Yarvin Han is going to be because we have a we we would like to start testing these um, with the loadout point values and and like you know, I don't know, maybe a seventh sister and maybe a force, uh, a force fire spray. I don't know. It would be awesome. 
<laughs> would be awesome. Yeah. Um, also, as a reminder, if you um, if you have if you live in the Buffalo area or want to travel to the Buffalo area, they are doing um, <laughs> they are doing a a tournament over by Greg at I can't remember the name of the brewing company, but we'll post a link in the description and in the chat. But if you would like to uh, head out and hang out with Greg and play uh, a bunch of tournament stuff over there with them, you can drink at the same time that you play X-Wing. So, and I'm guessing because it's a brewery, they have to have good beer. Like, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they have to have good beer. So, Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, if you do that, um, you're welcome to go out there for that. Um, also, congratulations to uh, Brendan. Took a talk top qualifier this weekend at the i'm guessing it's the ontario i'm just gonna call it the ontario because i don't know if it's in toronto or not but uh whatever the canadian world qualifier um was they took down that um that trophy there and took down first place so congrats to them on their win and their journey towards winning worlds (laughs) i hope it's not quebec Nobody likes Quebec. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from what I understand, three three out of the five members of Team Canada uh, were in the top cut there. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's no small feat, and uh, congratulations, them. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, do you know so, what uh, do you know what list they were running? Uh, so they brought um, their their po resistance list with all those Y wings in it. So the one that they use for that, um, I looked through the list. None of them were unique. So, um, I'll be honest. Like I wasn't going to cover it tonight because it's like, eh, there's nothing in there in those lists that we haven't seen before. (coughs) Excuse me. And given that we're going to be getting new points, um, (coughs) to me, it is kind of silly to go over all of them, but, um, uh, you know, Poe, three Y wings and two pods. Thank you. Uh, Sandy, there you go. And, and a pear tree. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they had, you know, again, they had great success during XTC. So I'm not surprised that that list, you know, did well. Um, and I don't think Poe's going to get hit personally. And it, so unless those Y wings get hit, you know, that list will probably remain pretty much intact minus Finn. And to be perfectly honest with you, you could probably sub out Finn for another ship if you wanted to anyway. So, like, yeah, Finn is great, most, but it's not going to be the end of the list. Yeah, I mean, if if uh, Finn goes up in points, um, Rose Tico remaining at three points is still a very solid uh, support ship, um, especially with C-3PO being able to coordinate and still have mods for offense and defense. Uh, it is a very, very good ship and a very good replacement for Finn um, in the pod. So. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't foresee that going anywhere. I, again, it would be nice if they brought A-Wings down resistance but we could spend all night having conversations about what they should and shouldn't do we already did that though i think yeah (laughs) so before we begin into either of our segments i decided i wanted to have a fancy intro segment a new a a different one than we did last week so last week we kind of talked a little bit about um that ship and what the ship qualities would be right from andor today i said what if we were to build our own scenario right but it's not going to be you're not going to get free reign here. This is not going to be a hands-all, build-your-own scenario, alpha scratch, however you want it. There's requirements. So there's three battles that we're going to, you could pick from, and each of you will get to pick one. 
The first one is Battle of Exegol. The second one, and I don't know how to say this very well, is the Yuzan Vong War. Oh, wow. And then the last one that I had was the, it's from a comic my son was talking to me about this weekend. It's like a Vader down crossover comic where I guess he goes to some uh, Vargo Vass planet and like he he appears in his X1 in the middle of nowhere and has three squads of rebel, rebel um, um, X-Wings and takes them out. And then Luke comes and they both go to the planet. So out of all three of those, which one would you like, JJ? We're, we're just going to develop a quick scenario. Thought it would be kind of fun yeah. to kind of do that. Um, definitely Battle of Lexical. I think that is something that will be extremely fun. Um, the Battle of Lexical, for those who uh, who haven't seen the movie or not familiar or don't quite remember it, uh, Battle of Lexical, one of the main points there was trying to take out the guiding beacon um, that allowed to the Force Order to coordinate all those Star Destroyers so that way they can deploy and head out to the worlds to start destroying, you know, per Palpatine's orders. Um, so I think that would definitely be the central focus point for the resistance to go in to, um, to try to take out with an initial force. Um, I think that adding in a bit of like, um, like the game mechanic of it's the resistance where you have to assign a certain amount of ships uh, to come in at a certain time to come in to help reinforce um, is probably like core mechanic that you want to add in for that particular scenario. And essentially it starts off as an endurance uh, a match for the resistance trying to survive until that time um, that reinforcements come in and then you go in hard trying to take out those objectives while the First Order is trying to defend those points uh, with, uh, with overwhelming numbers and trying to take out all those support ships there. Um, I think that borrowing something from Epic Play, um, which would be the um, the Mercenary for Hire condition card, which will allow you to at least uh, bring in one scum ship, uh, would be something that could come in for that particular scenario. Um, so that way you could bring in like a Lancer, for instance, uh, which is something that we did see in the movie, um, or some of the other ships uh, from the scum and villainy, uh, like a Fire Spray probably to come in and assist on the field. I think that'll be something that'll be fun. All right, fair enough. I think Involving that sounds fun. Epic play. It could be epic play, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, because I think you it makes it harder if it's epic play, right? Because then it's yeah. not something that everybody can do. Right, and you don't want to have like you know the the large capital ships, although they were obviously presently there. But you did, if you want to just keep it, you know, with the standard uh, small, medium, and large bases, you could definitely still have that condition card just within the conditions for that. Gotcha. Hmm. All right, what's your take there, George? On choosing a battle? Yeah, you can either choose the same one or you hmm. can pick a new one. It's 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 what do they call that? It's uh What do they call that? It, white elephant. Is it, what it, oh God, I can't remember what they call it from the office now. Yankee swap. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm I wasn't familiar with the uh the crossover the Vader one. Um if you can explain that one to me a little bit. All right. So Vader appears in his X one and he takes out three squads of rebel, um, X wings before Luke shows up and then they have an epic showdown and they both crash into the planet. Yep. Vader's looking for Luke. That's pretty cool. I mean, I would like to play some some form of like narrative. Uh, that I feel like that's more of like a narrative campaign sort of thing, a scenario. 
where I mean, you would have to definitely is it's a it's between the Empire and Rebels. So, I mean, that would be harder to play, to be honest, because that 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 would kind of lean more into epic play if it's harder to do. So. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um, the only thing that would come close to that kind of scenario uh, would be like the scenario that came in with the Trident class warship uh, for mm-hmm. Scum, uh, where they had like a, a particular loadout and everybody was trying to take down that particular ship, um, you know, with those loadouts. Um, you would do something similar with Vader um, to try to take him down. Um, but I think, again, that probably works better in epic play versus on the board. I mean, possibly you could adjust points, but. There has to be a lot of testing to see how that works out, especially with the different loadouts that you put in the X1. So think of it this way. <clears throat> think of it this way. All right, so what <laughs> Vader just rolls natties. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious, Craig. So think of it this, this way, though, right? So what if you had, so you were the standalone player. You're going to play Vader. Vader um, basically gets a set amount of health and X amount of churns, right? So let's say there's three squadrons. The first squadron shows up, you get to fight it, and then you your your goal is is to get through all three squadrons to win. So you could give Vader, let's say, 50 health or something like that. He's a mega boss. And you get to fly Vader around, and then you could create certain triggers so that when Vader so for example, when Vader will go and get um he'll go in there at the I six, if he has X amount of ships shooting at him, he'll get X amount of times he'll be able to shoot back give him X amount of actions based on how many ships are coming at him. So let's say he's got five ships in his arc. He gets five actions that he gets to perform and you could create little triggers for them based on um, when he gets hit and how much damage he takes. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. The rule would be is that they would be all generics, right? Which I know Angie doesn't like to do, but they would all be generic X-Wings. No, no missiles, nothing. It all would just be, um, like the first squad would just all be guns. The second squad could be, um, you know, like a cannon, a light cannon or something like that. And then, <laughs> you know, the fourth squad could have missiles or torpedoes or something. Yeah. And Vader's goal is to get through all of them before he goes down. And you could just say maybe, maybe every time Vader shoots, everything goes underneath the shields or let's say all these X-Wings just don't have shields. They can have okay. shields. I think. I think uh, similar to <laughs> Vader just rolls natties. I think Vader has to have some sort of like passive like mod that just almost like the uh, the commandos where they have like a focus to a hit without a token, so to speak. So something like that, something similar. So, so maybe combine consistent. both of the Vader uh, abilities into one card. Yeah. Give them five go. force. There you go. Let's give them five <laughs> force, baby. He's getting five force. Or is it I six mean, force? He's getting six force in both abilities. He he has a tech slot, so you can give him sensor scrambler, uh, or sorry, sensor jammer, which would you know bring down a hit result down to a focus, um, especially if you're you know fighting against uh, botless X wings. Uh, that's definitely a way to keep Vader alive. Although honestly, I would only give him ten health because with three dice and the force and all these tokens, he's it, gonna be pretty hard to kill. So. Not if you got yeah. five ships shooting you at once. Think about it, JJ. If five if five X wings can't take Vader off the board, which they shouldn't be able to, according to lore, but they shouldn't. 
Yes. Five um, X-wings will five <laughs> X-wings concentrated fire on you will one hundred percent take Vader off the board. I mean, yeah, if you went straight into the the kill box, sure, but. <laughs> God, would it be a dick move Vader? to give Vader advanced slam without the advanced slam? Yep, that's probably oh bad. Gosh. We're not going to yeah, do that. That'd be, that'd be extra bad. Might as well just make him defender Vader at that point. Well, saying. All right. Anyway, I thought it would be fun. It was just something, a little silly thing that we could do uh, to begin with. Yeah. All right. So let's kind of move into our first topic for the night. We want to go through our keep moving on with our X-Wing opening chess theory principles. So we've done a whole bunch with this series. And yes, we will be releasing all of these as individual standalone series. I just have to create the visual for it. Um, <coughs> I don't know which one uh, I want to use yet. So I just got to create a visual or maybe somebody will help me create one. But. Last week, we talked a little bit about knowing the scenario rules, obstacle placement, battle plans, and ship placement, right? So the other part of your opening you know, theory is kind of how, how to build a list, right? We, we went through this, I don't know, like three months ago or two months ago, we already did this. So I wanted to take a little bit different take on this tonight in two different formats. So the first one is we're going to kind of go through one, two, three, and seven, right? So the idea is, is we're going to talk about bringing the right list, ship selection. We're going to talk about understanding how other lists operate, right? We're going to talk a little bit about knowing your scope of ability and loadouts for your list. And then we're going to talk about understanding space designation, right? Because each list does something a little bit different. And then after we're done having these conversations, you know, for the next half hour, we're going to transition into talking about list building for newer players or people just getting into the game or people just coming back to the game. Um, which there is some lists in there that I really want to try at my local, um, that I probably should do before the points changes. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there, that was kind of the idea tonight for that. So let's begin with discussing, bringing the right list slip, slip selection. Cause that's what we're going to do is decide which slip we need to bring to the table. Slip. Yep. Um, and if we're speaking, only HMPs can side slip, you know. Oh wait, isn't there a Z ninety? There's a Z ninety five that can now yeah, too. Yeah. Slider, slider. Yeah. How could I forget his name? So we're gonna understand meta, you know, understanding the meta and the strengths and weaknesses of different meta lists, right? So the idea here is, is, is we could talk about this in terms of competitive and non-competitive. So we could do both. But when you talk about opening theory principles and and different things like that for X Wing, one of the big identifiers was you know, bringing the right list, understanding where it fits into the meta and, and kind of then cascading in how your, what your list does. Um, so to kind of begin with, you know, when we talk about understanding the meta, the big thing for me when, it, when it comes to that and understanding the weaknesses is understanding how your list fits in there. Right. And when we talk about earlier, when we had all of our earlier sessions, so if you were jumping into just this episode, run all the way back, <laughs> go through all the other ones that we have up on YouTube. But essentially, we talked about queens, we talked about pawns, we talked about knights and bishops, and understanding how all those work. So I, I'm going to pick on myself a little bit. So George, when he joined our show, had a list that was Django, Grievous, a bomber, and two droids. And George had done very well with it. He won the planning phase syndicate um, uh, first open that we ever had. And then he also was starting to top some GSP events. And... On stream, I was very excited by the list. I thought it was really cool. 
it seemed kind of like a niche list, something that would be ran by an individual that has spent a lot of time curating this list. Then I started putting the stupid thing on the table <laughs> and then I had to come back and actually admit to him and be like, all right, I originally said, I don't understand how this list does it. It does anything. I just like, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it's really weird in a droid world to have two vultures, one bomber, Grievous and Django. And I can tell you that after playing it about 20 to 25 times, I figured out sometimes you don't even need Grievous to shoot more than once or twice in the whole game to win. And I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe there was that enough damage output um, and, and ability to score objectives. But that list has enough variability to be able to adapt to the meta for the most part based on how you perform, how you do, you know, and, and, and what you're flying against. Uh, you know, obviously the resistance list I faced at the Michigan GT was a little hard. Um, you know, Chewie being able to double tap on any ship and get an action is just crazy. Like that's like getting that second action and then shooting again every time somebody dies and it just interrupts everything. That's pretty hardcore. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and even even, you know, like just just that piece of it. But I knew going into it based on the list I had been facing that there was the the largest thing was is understanding how to get Django in there to do the damage and then running away with my proxies and how to score objective points on the majority of the scenarios. So once I realized that, then I kind of had, you know, then I had to realize that George was a genius and, you know, that <laughs> that George should just be the list creator from now on for the crew. <laughs> Every CIS list goes through George. How about that? No, um, no. I don't take credit for that list, but I, I do take uh, I, I will take credit for, like, understanding the list for sure and, and what its capabilities are for sure. Yep. So why don't we why don't we kick off? With that, and, and again, maybe you know what? Should I bring the list up? Do I dare do that? I guess I do. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. All right. So give me just a minute while I build the list out, um, and then you guys, George, if you want to go ahead and kick off, kind of understanding it. If we talk about you know the different pieces of it, what what comes out of it, and that that type of thing. On that list. Yeah, let's go through that list first, and then we can kind of expand from there. Are you gonna pull it up there? Yes, you can go ahead and start talking while I have to build it. <laughs> Pull it up. Well, I think the key the 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 key to that list is um it's gonna be Grievous and most importantly Django. Um Grievous is kind of treated more as like a flank the flanker. Um and then Django is the the head honcho who's gonna take a lot of the opening shots and opening hits. Um so you have to sort of understand and really range control on your first engagement. Um, you don't want to get too close to uh, the opponent to like take all of the shots, but you do want and you do want to do a couple of things. You want to set up a great opening, and then uh, putting putting your droids in a position where they can land some discords, because the discords also open up the game for you. Um, so really, it's just a matter of like mitigating the damage that you're taking, and then once you have reached a certain threshold, it's time to bug out with uh, with Django. Um, so that's sort of the strategy: just go in there, punch hard, get hit, take the hits, and then bug out, drop some proxy mines, and 
the rest of the time they're either going to be chasing Django while Grievous is, uh, you know, that's the dream anyways. Uh, the, your opponent's, depending on your opponent, your opponent's going to adapt uh, depending on how well he is. But at the end of the day, even if Django does go down, your your end game piece would be Grievous at that point. And he's not a bad ship to, you want to end it. Like yeah. he's, he's a really good like closer. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Cause I think, you know, if they, you know, I think, I think the threat piece, right. That you have there is that is the discords on that bomber, right? Cause if you put that bomber on the table, either they have to go into that bomber or you're going to drop proxy mines on. And you have the droids to go after objectives no matter what. And if they get too close, they're getting discorded. Like, it's just not even a question. You know, here's a discord. Here's a proxy mine. Here's a discord. Here's a proxy mine. <laughs> you know, um, and they can all sit on rocks. Um, so yeah, so there's a list right there, uh, for anybody watching. It's essentially Grievous outmaneuver, uh, Django, Notorious, Pelt, FTC, Proxes, Slave One, Boba, Bombardment Drone, Proxies, Separatist Drone, Discord, DFS 81, which I never used their ability ever in the whole game. Um, I do. and dis- Discords. I'm sure you probably do. Like, I just never remember <laughs> it ever. And usually yeah. when, when DFS dies, it's either I roll blanks and it dies in one shot, or it's on its last health anyway, and then it just dies. So Makes I've sense. never I've never gotten that ability on one. Which the ability, by the way, is you can spend a calculate to reduce all crits coming into hits, which is actually really good, and probably should I probably should do that more often. I should probably pay attention to that more often. But when we talk about you know that type of the list, right? You know, so you have your 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 queen in this list is is Django, right? Django's a queen. Grievous becomes almost like your rook, right? It's almost it's 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 a little bit more than a bishop. It's almost like a rook. And then you have, um, I would actually consider in this list all three of those um, knights. And I say that because they have the ability to do both things, either kill you or get objectives. And I won't tell you how many times I'll put a rock by an objective and have to take it for the action. And I'll just park, uh, I'll park one of the, one of them on there and they have no tokens and somebody, everybody just shoots at that one. You're like, "Hmm, well, so what? I just took an objective point and everybody else is shooting back at you. So Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas, you know, like, (laughs) um, so that's how I kind of see that list. And if we understand how the meta works, right. You understand what is really prominent in the meta. Well, we have, um, anything that can double tap seems to be very good. Um, anything that can shoot shafe missiles and, none of the droids care about the shafe missiles that much because they get two calculates. Every one of them gets two calculates. Um, I did find out they can't land on them and ignore them as obstacles. Yeah, unfortunately, they have to, they have to essentially already be on, on an obstacle for them to ignore that shave cloud, um, which the, you know, a good shave player would not aim for the droids anyways. Um, their, their main objective is, killing Django or Grievous basically. So, yep. And I all and Grievous is always coming in and flanking. And if you so if if I put Grievous down and you commit all your forces to Grievous, Grievous is just churning in and running behind everybody else. Like I'm not going for that one objective I decided I was going to give Grievous. I don't care. <laughs> like like whatever. Yeah, you can Exactly. You you can have that objective. You're not getting Grievous today. 
Um, so yeah. So JJ, let's talk a little bit. Let's go back. Why don't we do that? Let's go back to this document. Okay. And when we go back to the document, we talk about understanding the meta, the weaknesses and different and bringing the light right list. So what, what are your thoughts on, on that piece? Well, um, part of understanding the, the strength and weaknesses of the meta is understanding the type of lists that are currently dominating now. Now, if you're trying to be a competitive player, definitely take a look at what has been making cut consistently, uh, which uh, side note here, um, definitely watch our streams. We definitely tend to go over all of the different major tournament events and go over the list and stuff. So if you watch some of our older videos, you'll see some of the uh, similar archetypes that have been um been making cut regularly um to name a few like the crispy list or the resistance wise uh to name uh kind of like two archetypes that have been doing very well in the meta recently um but anyway uh, understanding what those lists are and what they can do and then um understanding uh, kind of generally formulating a plan with your list that you're trying to build and understand how you want to approach that list if you end up um, flying against that list on, on the table, um, either in your local, um, like local league, or if you're playing on a tournament wise, um, and kind of understanding what that list can do and how you can adapt your list to that particular matchup against that list and the scenario as well, that matters and how that list flies as well. Um, so going back to, um, to George's list, for instance, uh, definitely really good on salvage run because you do have those extra droids that are those bodies that can go and claim those objectives and take them away while you have two other, um, larger ships that can hit harder and Grievous and Django, um, they can do very well there. Same thing with assault on, uh, assault on the satellite array. Uh, you have those three droid ships that can, um, just kind of hover on those spaces there and um and take those points while you have the other two ships that are going in um or vice versa same thing with scramble transmission you do have extra bodies to help contest those objectives and that that's kind of the the good thing about that uh, george's list is that you have that flexibility to switch up uh different players or different pieces in that list to adapt to the different scenarios and you have that flexibility to do it where other lists may not have that type of flexibility um, so um, definitely uh, when you're building your list, just keeping in mind uh, the potential that you could face across the table and um, and the scenarios that may affect on how those ships play. All right. So now when we go, we kind of move on and we, 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 we could talk about knowing your scope and your ability of loadouts, right? Or we could kind of move into understanding how your list operates. They're kind of similar in my opinion, in, 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 in each, each different way. Um, so I don't know, guys, which way would you like to go first? We can well, kind of blend both, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, go ahead, George. You kick it off. <laughs> oh, well, uh, knowing your scenario, like scenario rules and how they work uh, is pretty essential because then you got to figure out how you're going to use your pieces to, like, windows objectives and scenarios um so example for for example using the same you know list um i understand that my list has uh an advantage on those scenarios that have like five objectives um and even the three objective one so the one that it does lack on and that i, I only say this because even though he i do have the numbers my ships are very fragile and i do not like like just and I'm talking about chance engagement. Chance engagement is the weakness to the list that I run. 
with uh, with the CIS. And that's only because how fragile my, my ships are. So I really have to be careful on my approaches on chance engagement if we're all going for the middle. Um, so that's that's more of a of a dance for me because it's really easy for me to lose, you know, like two points here, two points there, three points on the bomber. And by then, I mean, them depending on how long they've been sitting in the middle, uh, I've lost a lot of points. So got to be careful not to bleed too much in chance engagement. So yeah, just understanding your strengths and weaknesses on the list and then the scenarios and how they play out and what you're weak at, basically. Try to get better at it. Yeah, and, and to kind of compare mm. with that is uh, understanding how your list works, right? If you're, um, if you're, let's say you're trying to try out some of these, uh, these meta lists just so you can understand how they fly and stuff, um, a very key aspect of it is understanding the the mechanics of how that list works with the upgrades that the uh, that the list is given. Um, one of the ones that are very popular currently right now, before these point changes have affected it, is the first order bombers um, that are very very popular right now for the first order. Um, one of their uh, interactions that they have currently is that during the system phase, they are able to boost um, before or after they launch a device. Um, and pairing that up with um, with electrochafe clouds, uh, you're able to extend the reach of how far those chafe clouds can reach and uh, set them up in a good position where you can place them um, where you want to either block off a location uh, or target a particular ship on your enemy's side and being able to get the full effect for that chaff cloud, you know, getting that jam and a potential stress on that particular ship. Um, and that's uh, interaction that's very key to make those bombers very effective. Uh, another one um, that I've used quite a bit um, in my early days is on the resistance side, on the T-70 pilot, Nien Nam. Uh, his ability to shed stress if he's at range one of an enemy ship, uh, paired with pattern analyzer, making sure that after you complete a tunnel roll or like a K-turn or performing any type of red action or maneuver, uh, making sure that that ship lands right at range of the of an enemy ship at range one in front arc um, is key to making sure that you can shed that stress and potentially get bonuses off of that um, either through pattern analyzer through other abilities um, understanding that interaction on your ship makes you a better player because you can kind of plan to set off that ability later on with your pilot and that way um, you can get a, a greater advantage with that pilot and those upgrades Yep, and I think that's like the important piece of that, right? Is is when you understand where your list fits and where you're good and bad. And like George was saying, chance engagement is the worst for his list. Like I will admit that was the worst scenario I ever had to play, um, and I hated it so much. Um, except for when I had to fight a gauntlet, then I didn't care because that gauntlet was just there and died right away. So that was. That, that made it a little bit easier, you know, because the gauntlet couldn't double tap at the first the first engagement and took like half damage, um, and then was sitting there for the prox mines. So, um, but but understanding what are the, what is the scopes of your loadout, right? Like, what do you want your list to do? So, being able to take your list and say, based on each of these scenarios, we're gonna break that list down. So, if we go back to that list, right, and we're gonna, well, I guess it's sad that we're using. It's not sad, but we're using CIS because. Because two people on this podcast you fly CIS too much, I guess. Um, but if you look at the, this <laughs> list, right, <laughs> and you say, 
you say, what can what can each of the scenarios do? So when we talk about um, chance engagement, which we determined was the worst scenario for this list, and that's because you have to have one ship in there to collect the points, but that's it. But everything else has to figure out how to do the dance and do the maneuver, which if we go back to 2.0, right, the probability that this list would be a thing would be a lot lower just because of the pure fact of everything is just initial engagement, shoot, 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 kill, kill, kill. It's a little bit harder for, I think for this list to, to live out its, its, its life that way. Um, but then we take a look at like, again, scramble the transmissions, understanding where your lists are going to be. Do you put two droids and two obstacles close enough together where you, that turn, you take both of them to scramble both of them and say, Hey, who's, who are you going to shoot at with no mods? Pick, pick what you're going to do. Cause it's going to take each of those droids are only worth two points and it's literally going to take them two turns to make up those points. So you're the probability you're going to get two points. If they kill both droids, that's four points. You're going to get two of those just from those scenarios. And then they're going to lose their action next turn on two of their ships if they want to take them back. If they don't take any of them back, you've literally just gained the cost of your ships in two turns with those. And that's if your ships die. That is if your ships die right away, right? And it gives you the ability to understand you, depending on what initiatives your other list, the other people are, do I go in and bother to take that scenario action or do I wait? And I will tell you how many times I put Grievous on one side and then the droids to go get those. And here comes Grievous. Grievous kind of faints out, stays back, takes one of those objectives. Yes, I'm being a little bit more gritty with Grievous, but at the same token, he he now can then bug out afterwards. I took one with Grievous. My droid now has a mod. And oh, by the way, you just got in range three, so I'm going to shoot you with the discord. So and I have a, a, a mod for defense. So just look at that. You know, like it's it, it's a mind game. And that's the idea with some of the best lists that you'll see is target priority and what your mind game can be. This list has the ability to have the mind games because again, that bomber, unless you pour all of your forces into that bomber, you're not taking that bomber off in one round. And my game against Alex Merrill, um, which he had some, a little bit of an unfortunate dice. It took him all of his forces, every, almost every ship to take that bomber off the table. But he took it off the table before that bomber could drop a proxy mine. I'll tell you that. But I'll tell you what, he lost one ship and then allowed Django to get primo position on on his Obi and took Obi out in one round too. Um, <laughs> so that, I thought that was a pretty fair trade the next round is, oh yeah, you got a bomber, but I got your Obi, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, but understanding what each of the different upgrades does. So my build runs a little different. I run um I run the Savage instead and I run Veteran Tail Gunner and I run that extra illicit upgrade. That's kind of what I had been running. Um and I found it to be just as effective. I will say that like technically Pelp gives the mind games a lot more um than just Savage, but you know how many times I was I did it at least twice where I gave a focus token to a droid. <laughs> And the droid had two calculates and a focus token. So, you know, <laughs> that's very nice, actually. Yeah, like there you go. So I'll tell you what, when that when that droid rolled um, range three and rolled three green dice and two of them are eyeballs and one of them was an evade, that focus token was great because I slept mods for offense, too. <laughs> and I shot a discord, too. 
Nice. So anyway, so understanding loadouts is kind of the next thing and moving into is what do you want your list to do? What do you want your loadouts to do? You know, do you want your loadouts to be aggressive? Do you want them not to be aggressive? I've seen a Grievous ran with a shield upgrade um, instead of the outmaneuver. And then you have four points for either trick shot or you can run a missile, which uh, I've seen people run a missile. It's really weird to see Grievous with missiles. But I mean, Grievous with a cluster missile um, shooting ships from behind is actually kind of good. Um, it's it's different, you know, to see some of those things. Um, but, you know, cluster missiles can be can be, you know, totes on him. Um, I don't know, guys, help me out. What, what else with loadouts do do we want to talk about? Uh, the other part is understanding that there's there there typically isn't just one good way to to load out a particular ship. Um, so although you may see uh, a particular archetype uh, with uh, with similar loadouts consistently in the meta, that doesn't necessarily mean that is the only way to outfit that particular ship. I mean, just in your example that you're talking about on how you uh, refitted um, Django Fett a little bit differently than George does. Um, gives you a little more, um, a, a little more uh, being a, a little more comfort running that particular style of Django because it helped you fulfill uh, a certain uh, objective or a particular need that you needed uh, to have from that particular ship, um, and it fulfills a different purpose. Um, it's not neither good nor bad. It's just different, and it helps fulfill a different role in that list uh, for Django. Um, and that's that's something that's um, that I think every player should try experimenting on. You know, you may like a particular pilot, but try different loadouts. See what you like, and whatever you feel is best for you, even if it's not meta, it may end up working out for you, and you might find a particular combo that you feel that works really well for yourself as a as a player versus what is working for the meta. And that's that's a very important part. And Grievous with trick shot is pretty good too weirdly enough it's a little bit more predictable and it seems like kind of a waste of some points but grievous with trick shot like especially if you're flanking with him and they don't take the grievous bait is is actually pretty good it, it only gets off once in a great while uh grievous with debris gambit on the opposite side i hated i couldn't get it to work all it was was me feeling like i should either be close to objectives or closer to the obstacles to take the evade for all the damn points i invested in it um and it just it just didn't work for me. Grievous just still melted. It doesn't matter if Grievous has a, a white of eight, he still melts. How about Grievous with a procket? I've never tried that. That that would be interesting. <laughs> That's too aggressive. <laughs> yeah, he's too aggressive. That's too aggressive. Um by the time he gets to pull that off though, like the way that we play it probably it's end game and it's you're already winning the game probably. So yeah. um um yeah other examples with the with the loadouts for example like grudge uh crispy's list versus andrew cox's list you know where andrew cox is running the the daredevil and crispy likes the the bomb the what's it bombardier bombardier. yeah Yeah. so it's again it works for um for both players um it's all dependent on what your style is what you prefer um what you value more um and you know, like there's reasons why people bring different loadouts. They have their own reasons. So, 
Um, the reason I brought Palp was is is more for like how it would work against that bomb, that particular bomber list. Because if a bomber shoots at Django, I get the chance to stress that bomber out, and there goes his boost at the beginning of the system phase. So it's like one of those things. You you do what you can. Mm-hmm. And maybe 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 uh, Palp should come down ten points, baby. <laughs> Not gonna happen, dude. Not no. gonna happen. <laughs> All right. So really the last piece of this, and then we're going to kind of move into some of the list building um, aspects for newer players, which will be a separate segment, not part of this uh, scenario, this series, but um, some of the is space designation, right? And, and I think that's a big one because understanding how your list interacts with everything else makes it easier to understand space designation, right? Understand where you need to be and where, what spaces you need to take up. I will tell you, this is a piece that is very near and dear to my heart because I played droids for so long. Um, and George's list is very different because I don't... Um, you have to think differently with the droids than I'm used to. And JJ, I remember JJ bitched at me. He's like, why do you keep blocking with your droids? You know you rush your droids in there and block with them all the damn time. You're going to lose your <laughs> droids right away. And it's just a habit because I'm used to my droids going in and taking up space. That's what I'm used to. I'm used to them going in there. Taking up space is not as great of an advantage at 2.5 because you can bump and get an effing focus. Yeah. Um, and a good player, the first thing a good player will learn is if you're in a situation where you need to bump, you immediately make sure that you bump the enemy ship, not your own, in a, in a cluster. <laughs> so yeah. your droids can still do their three straights and still bump into, your, into Boba Fett and not move anywhere if they have other droids in front of them. And still get their calculate. Just a side note. <clears throat> but anyway, so um, understanding your space as an issue. So, what does your list want to do? Do you where? What type of space do you want to take up? And, I, and for for the first example, I'll I'll use is uh, Luke with trick shot, shattering shot. Right? You know, like that is and, and, and proton torpedoes. That is a great example of understanding space designation. And I remember D has famously stated. If you get hit with trick shot and shattering shot, you're doing something wrong. And then had to come back a couple months later and say, all right, Ryan, you're right. It's, you know, people just fall for this all the time. What I would caveat that and say is that I don't think people fall for it. I think people have a harder time flying against something like that because not only do you have to understand that space ratio of that range three, which is, you know, that with a proton torpedo, that's still pretty hard to, uh, you know, get through, right? You have to understand the space designation, but understanding where those obstacles get placed allows for Luke to be able to do that. So unless you're just going to put all your forces on the outside, at some point, there is going to be a trick shot, shattering shot, shot that's coming in. You just need to give it the crappy droid and not the good droids. <laughs> that's what you need to do. But that I think that's a, that, that's a perfect example of Luke doesn't want to block. Luke wants to make sure he gets his armaments off to give you the nasty um, middle finger that um, is that six dice proton torpedo of his, which is very disgustingly dirty, um, especially on a Grievous. I'll tell you that. Grievous gets two green dice, and they get five hits with one of those being a crit. Grievous is definitely taking something. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I actually I have another question. If you're... If I have a weird, it's a weird question. If you are shooting a proton torpedo, is it a must to flip your hit to a crit or not? No, uh, 
No, it is not. Okay. So in that instance against Grievous, you just not flip it to a crit. I think that's what you would do. You yeah. would just yeah. leave them as all and choice. call it a day. Yeah. I mean, I'm always smiling when they, they choose to like give crits to Grievous. Like, okay, the, you're giving it a chance. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'll roll my dice. Yeah. Yes, trick shot plus shattering shot. All right, so so guys, what do you, what do you think about understanding space destination? So I gave an example of a rebel list, which I don't even like rebels that much. Though I have been flying rebels a little bit more, um, a little bit more than I used to. Um, but what do, what do you think about space destination? Well, going back to um, to to the CIS uh, Discord missiles, understanding the distance um, that it. it is required for you to make sure that you can consistently land uh, those Discord missiles so that way they are a threat um, to that particular ship that you're trying to target. And uh, on the flip side, understanding how far you need to be to either um, be out of range for those Discord missiles um, or close enough to have the Discord missile shoot past you. Um, that's something that uh, that you definitely have to uh, consider uh, when you're flying up against those particular uh, types of lists. Uh, the other thing I could think about as well is coordinating range, uh, understanding the spacing on how far your ships can be from that that ship that is acting as a coordinator. Uh, we see this a lot in the Republic uh, with the LATs being able to um, to do that range through bubble to coordinate certain ships, make sure that they can get their um, their tokens or actions or repositions um and uh and be effective with that george um yeah so i mean kind of piggybacking off of like uh what jj said um something i've been playing around with recently is actually vader vader crew again for the empire and stop, um yeah stop just people about just understanding <laughs> that that range too trying to get that range too in or range zero, which is even even better. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah, um, you, you just trying to get those Jedi's to like have zero tokens on them um, as much as possible. Because um, so, I've been practicing practicing against Republic, as you can see. But um, yeah, those Discord missiles are actually a much harder <laughs> to land than you think. I've missed so many Discord missiles in the past. It's just it's a tricky thing. Yeah. The best is this is the best is and I should probably shouldn't say this, but the best is when you go, ah, does it is it gonna hit or not? And then you immediately look up, and this is something that I kind of complain about with X Wing because I don't like, I don't like the whole little bluffing aspect of it. And JJL test, I complain an insane amount about that piece of X Wing that I really don't feel that that's part that should be part of the game. But I won't tell you how many times I've gone, hmm, you think that Discord mask is gonna land, even in a in a, in a competitive setting. Because if people kind of like, like you can look at their telltale signs and if they start rolling their eyes, like, oh my God, like, how does he not see that's going to hit? You shoot it and take the chance. Because <laughs> at, <that point, laughs> at that point, if they don't want you to shoot it, you do it. Yeah. <clears throat> I think or if your droid's going to die. misses just by like this tiny little bit. You're like, oh, and yeah. <laughs> yep. I've had that happen more times than you can imagine where it lands just right in front of them. And then they get a range one shot at it. And that is definitely done. But at least it takes that shot off the table, though, right? So, again, when we talk about space designation, understanding what you can do. And here's an example of something. So, JJ and I had been running um, the uh, rig cargo shoot on Iman with seismic charges because it's just it's such a feels bad to land on it and then have it blow up next turn. And the worst is Iman's only going to take the one damage. Iman's going to get his 
whatever he wants to get because he's going to either move first or he's going to move last and move away and people will run into him. It's great. It's one of the best, the best things that we've ever like the two of us have ever built together. Like, I love it Yeah. this week. And I'm, I'm giving a little bit of the trade secrets away. They put Jabba and spare uh, or a uh, rig cargo yeah, shoot on Han and Han. You could actually see where Han was dropping it all around the board because you just spend the Jabba charge and get your rig cargo shoot back. Yes. You got no mods. Yes. I understand Han with no mods really does suck, but I will tell you, if you could coordinate Han with Gamut in the same turn, it is amazing because then there's Han with either a focus token or a target lock. <laughs> just dropping Rick Cargo shoot. And you can just see it go right around the board. It was hilarious. And those don't go away. They stay there. You can, you can actually fit, what, four Falcons? No, three Falcons on a list with some, like, a. Uh... Like an escape craft and have them all with red cargo <laughs> shoot and Java. Like, oh my yeah, god, that's oh horrible! Oh, stop, stop <laughs> it, stop it, stop it, JJ. Do not give people those type of ideas. Oof. Um. Anyway, but understand. Long story short, going back to space designation, Han dropping those. Think about it this way: you're flying. The first time you realize, oh shit, Han's gonna be able to drop a red cargo shoot. You're you're screaming. Then when Han reloads it and moves again, you immediately think about that. Even if you miss the other one. You're definitely thinking about that and, and, and understanding how Han can just create space denial with that is ludicrous, right? Just ludicrous. And, and think about it this way. If you had Iman and Han in a list and somehow that actually could work, oh my God, that would just be so dirty. Han reloads Iman, Iman drops just every turn. Like, oh, I'm just going to keep dropping these around the board and then blowing them up. Yeah, so pretty, so nasty. Pretty nasty. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So to kind of recap, we talked about bringing the light list, understanding your meta, but also understanding the strengths and weaknesses of your list. Understand how does your list operate? How does it interact with other ships? How does it um, create surprises for other lists? And how are you not going to be surprised by other lists? Then we talked a little bit about understanding the ability of what your ships can do and their loadout values. And then we talked about space designation. So as we wrap this piece of the segment up, does anybody else have anything else they want to give in terms of understanding opening theory X-Wing principles? Um, the other thing I would uh, want to encourage at least newer players is if you're still trying to get into like competitive X-Wing, um, sometimes if you feel frustrated by your own list, sometimes it's okay to take a break from that list and try something new and then come back and see how you feel about that list. Um, there's so many times, at least when I was starting out that I really, really like, like tried to go for like a particular archetype and it just, I, I felt frustrated that it wasn't working well. And then I would go on to like a different faction or like a different list uh, try it out. It felt okay. Then coming back and then like understanding my original was better, and that made me a better pilot because I can, uh, I, I can, I understood the feel for that particular ship and how it works in that list. And I, I definitely encourage players that are trying to get competitive is to, you know, try out other lists, but try to focus on the list that you feel more comfortable with. But it's also good to get that experience with other lists just so you can be a better pilot with your own list. Exactly. I agree. 
All right. So Matt Carey posted in the chat, you can put Maul double crew on Rook, and then you can get Contraband and Rig Cargo sit spin oh, and drop man. oh man that's so oh, man. dirty oh, damn it man, man. all right oh, all right that's, no that's gotta get that's gotta go on the table now damn it that's gotta go on the table i never thought about that oh that's so, so good oh man that is so good uh <sighs> and you can fit him with iman in that list mm. <laughs> all right so here we go so thank you all that that was a great that that, that kind of wraps up our our beginning piece for our chess versus X-Wing discussion. Um, depending on points, next week we will hopefully be getting to um, middle game, which I think is extremely important. We'll give some examples of some middle game, uh, maybe even play part of a game um, and have it kind of set up for us, for everybody. Um, so we'll be talking about middle game, depending again when points drop. If points drop, no offense, and the battle of Yarvin, as soon as that happens, we immediately are just going to cover that. Um, but we yeah. do have middle game and end game as two of the last segments that are left in our 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 chess theory discussion when I'm comparing it to X-Wing. Now, with that being said, let's move on and let's actually talk about lists for newer players or players rejoining and wanting to kind of play um, in the league. Now, the first thing I'm going to mention is these lists are not built to be ultra competitive. Just as an FYI, we are um, circumventing <laughs> some of the rules that we had talked about in our, our previous segment, but do not fear. The idea behind this is not that we're going to completely ignore the ideology behind it. We're going to take that now, that ideology and actually apply it to list building for newer players and for people that want to just start getting back into the game. So if you played 1.0 and you hadn't played anything else, um, and now you want to play 2.5, welcome. Here is a little bit more about it. So we're going to start off with a few principles, right? Um, so I built this list and I, and I, I I'm going to take a little pride because I actually kind of want to run this list now. Um, not that I think it'll be insanely good, but I do think that this list for a beginner player for newer players coming into the game would be very easy to fly. And what it does is it helps you allow the people you're playing with to help you remember your trigger. So one of the things that we do is like when we have a new person show up to league and they kind of say, Hey, I've never, I haven't played a lot or we haven't played before. The idea is, is you don't like let them just fail completely and fall on their ass. You don't do that. What you do is you say, you go through the list, you let them, if they built their own list and they want to fly their own list, you, you play it with them. And then what you do is you offer advice. So like, I'll tell you a couple of times where somebody has done like a three hard that has hundred percent would bump my, my player, my thing. And they already have the target lock, so you know that you, they're going for, you know, that pocket shot or that, you know, ATP shot. So what you do is you say, hold on, just back it up. Do a two bank instead of the three bank, and you'll be able to get it off. And I've done that more times, and I've still definitely lost. <laughs> um, but I feel that when you create lists for newer players and different things like that, some of the idea behind it is how can you make it somewhat competitive so they want to come back and play? but also be easier for your opponent to help you <laughs> with your, the triggers as well as yourself. So this is the first list that I kind of built with Ahsoka, Luke, Dutch, and Shara Bay. And the only reason is that I could not find an I4 or a I5 that was four points. Um, so 
I'm not 100% sure. Maybe there is a better one than Dutch. But the idea behind this list is you have Ahsoka, Luke, Dutch, and Sharabe. And so here is the deal, right? So with Ahsoka, how many times do you coordinate? Well, you have to be very careful when you coordinate. And with Luke, I know that what they really wanted to do was give you um, R2-D2 and proton torpedoes, right? But who wants to with R2-D2? Who wants to use R2-D2 on Luke? I don't think I've seen it in in any place. So like, I get that it's it, it, in fairness, it's like, oh my god, we could be, you know, we could be iconic. But at the same token, it's like, really, do you, do, it doesn't. It it does. It it makes Luke. In my opinion, it makes Luke Luke worthless to some extent, right? Compared to what Luke could be. Um. So the way well, I built. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. At R two D two. Sorry, R two D two on Luke. When you're using that, you're probably losing the game. That's that's yeah. my opinion of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's only because R two D two has to take an action to do the repair. So now you've just lost your action. And like, what Luke's not designed technically to be there to take a bunch of actions. Now, I will say if R two D two was like two or three points, okay, maybe, maybe we I could we would consider because you could put a coordinator in there, you could put Fen in there, um, that type of a thing. Um, the other idea behind this, as we kind of go through these lists, is what are some iconic things? Ahsoka Tano's very iconic, right? Very, very iconic. Um, Luke Skywalker. Um, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. It's yeah. a disarm. I'm sorry, Dustin. You're right. It's a disarm, which is even worse, actually. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, you take all the the punch out of uh, Luke. Yeah, Luke goes. Oh, look at it. And, and I don't think there's a lot of ships that can take disarm tokens in Rebels. Whereas, like, Rebels. if yeah, you no. were in Republic, you could, but. We don't get Luke in Republic, obviously. Um, thank God. Um, so anyway, so the idea with this list, right, is you have Ahsoka Tana, Brilliant Evasion, Elusive, and Instinctive Aim, right? Think about it this way. You have defensive mods, which keeps that ship around longer. So we know newer players are probably going to take Ahsoka Tana and be like, ooh, I've got some missiles. I'm going to kill something. And they're not going to use the outmaneuver piece as much. Right, but this allows me as a, as a playing against you to say, "Hey, you have three force. You don't have to coordinate. Think about you can now shoot a missile without taking the target lock. You could take your evade. Think about it. Oh, you now have brilliant evasion. You could spend a force to make sure your ship lives as long as it's not in bullseye, <laughs> and you have elusive. Then I do the same thing with Luke. I take the instinctive aim so that it allows them if they forget to take a target lock." and I forget to tell them they can use instinctive aim to shoot a proton torpedo. Not as effective, but still allows them to roll big dice. You get the R3, so you get the two locks. So if they do remember to take a target lock, you're immediately going, hey, here's two ships you could take target locks on. Make sure you take your second target lock. Um, and then you can actually help guide them. Because again, like think about it this way. When you're playing that CIS list we were talking about, do they really want to target lock anything else? Well, if they can reach Django, put the damn thing on Django. Do it. Break that FTC, and then you have a whole. You get to have a whole conversation about what FTC does. Um, it also works very well with Dutch because once Dutch takes his target lock, somebody else gets to take one. And if you have R three, you're taking a second one. So between Dutch and Luke, there's four target locks for them to be taking. And then you have Shara Bay, which I think, in my opinion, Shara Bay is a little bit underplayed. But Shara Bay essentially says when you defend or perform a primary attack, you could spend a lock that you have on an enemy ship to add one eyeball results to your dice. So here you go. Here's Dutch. 
She's got our, our um, R3. Dutch is taking a lock. Gives a lock to Sharabay. Sharabay gets to take a second damn lock. And then, now you get to spend that one lock when you shoot, if you don't need it, right? Um, so it, it just... It just makes, um, and again, sorry, I, I know I've gone on for a little while, but what this does is this list gives a lot of options for newer players and then helps them start learning what different triggers are. All right, guys, now your guys' thoughts, and or we can move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. I definitely like it a lot. Um, definitely having that those that interaction between the ships, being able to um, to like allow different pieces to help make other pieces better throughout the list um, is definitely that's really, really iconic for this, um, for this particular faction. Rebels are, are, it's part of their theme is just having that handshake between them to allow them to be more effective um, by, by granting either additional tokens or actions for them. Um, this is a, a really good place to allow for that, um, for that interaction to happen. Um, and uh, it, it is really particularly strong. Um, for a newer player, definitely this is a type of list that um, that makes it fun uh, because you have so many things that can happen, and just taking them, walking that newer player step by step to um, allow them to get familiarized with those interactions um, can definitely make the game um, very fun. Yeah, what? Yeah, one thing I do uh, I do like when I do like to introduce newer players to is like getting used to like similar initiative ships. So like, I like this list because you have two pilot skill fours and then two pilot skill five. So they get used to like having two ships where like they can kind of pick and choose who they want to activate first. If they're flying really close to each other, they get used to that, like that flying and positioning uh, where they want to put their ships. Um, so I think that's really good. Um, also, I, again, this is kind of like a perfect for like you were saying, you have a lot of triggers that that um, a lot of target locking and figuring out where you want those target locks to go. So like it, it introduces them to um, you know where to put tokens, basically. Yep. <clears throat> and I'll be honest with you, I actually think I might put that on the table. Like, I, unfortunately, I think this week we're playing Jankless, so I can't put this on the table. But like, <laughs> like I do kind of want to actually test that out and put it on the table. All right. The next piece or kind of the next um, <clears throat> caveat to it and, and, and is 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 when we talk about lists for newer players is JJ said, hey, Chris, what happens if a player doesn't want to own all of the rebels, right? When we go back to my list and we kind of look at some of the if we forget the upgrades for 30 seconds here, right? Um, <laughs> chopper list, but worse. Um, we think about it there. This is, you know, essentially four types of ships. So you're buying four individual packs for this, right? It's, it's a little bit different. So JJ said, well, Chris, what if I build a few lists that help incorporate buying maybe one or two of the actual packs to help reduce some of the cost for startup players? And I said, Hey, that's a great idea, except for he has R2D2 in the stand uh, thing. And I don't understand. We're, we're going to let him explain why he thought R2D2 yeah. is a good choice. Sure. So I'll start off with this uh, with this particular caveat here for this list is uh, this particular list is built using the core set, the T65 expansion to get a second X-Wing and the Falcon, uh, the Millennium Falcon pack to have the Millennium Falcon. Um, so this list is Han Solo, Wedge Antilles and Luke Skywalker. 
uh, Han rolling with selfless, and that's just a two-point filler. Uh, Leia Organa uh, to allow all those ships to be able to do those red maneuvers and not take that stress since it reduces the difficulty of it. R2-D2, which actually helps Han Solo stay alive, and I'll come to that interaction in a bit. Engine upgrade in case Han needs to get out of a, a bad spot when he's moving, and the Millennium Falcon title in, in the event they decide to take in the bait token. So um, the Han Solo's ability for newer players that are not familiar with his ability is that if you're a range one of an obstacle, you get to re-roll dice. Um, now, it's not limited to just the attack or defense portion of it. It's any time you need to roll dice. So if you overlap an obstacle, um, if you... Um, uh, in, in this option, in this case, R2-D2, um, when you need to roll a dice uh, for a, uh, triggering his ability, if you happen to roll uh, the uh, the bad effect, which I believe is a, um, a focus result, you can use Han's ability to re-roll that um, so that way you can avoid triggering the negative side of R2-D2. And that way you can um, essentially give Han a, a, um, a regening shield um, every turn as long as Han is damaged. Um, so that's the interaction there with R2-D2 and Han Solo. Um, this is, I, I built this list mainly because I want it to be iconic. Um, the X-Wings and the Millennium Falcon are uh, the two ships that are very, very recognizable, um, especially since they've been uh, shown repeatedly throughout the, the, the actual movies uh, from the original trilogy, the Millennium Falcon probably being the most iconic out of all the ships. And it's something that I think that a, a player who's getting into the game uh, would uh, would like to fly because it's very iconic. And this can also be um, pretty fun to fly. Um, there's a lot of power uh, with the proton torpedoes on both Luke and Wedge. And uh, there's a lot of um, a lot that they can do uh, to to try to take out their opponent in this particular build. Yeah, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of different options you can do with like putting stuff on Han, but I like your theory. Like I, I like the reason why you built this list. It's like this is really only giving you like the Millennium Falcon pack. You only buying the Millennium Falcon pack, and then two X wings, right? Oh, and the quarter set, of course, because like quarter yeah. set is the one that comes with. Yeah, so yeah, that's fine. That's good to start off with, to be honest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I, I definitely had to give Nick Sperry uh, credit for this one uh, because the second this came up, I'm like, yep, Nick Sperry's list. Um, but just uh, not having all the uh, the upgrades available to you from the Rebel Conversion Kit does hamper your choices quite a bit. Um, but if you just have that core set, that T65 and the Millennium Falcon pack, you can have this this build here and uh, it's it can do quite a lot of work. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, moving into Empire. So this was a list, ironically, that I had built kind of back in 2.0 days with Vader Defender, and they originally were four Academy ties. Uh, so back in 2.0 days, you had four <laughs> ties and two and Vader Defender. Now we get Vader Defender and five ties, which is just ludicrous to me, but it allows you to do that. Now. You're going to notice here I did not go with Jingos or Jingos, and I'm going to say that there's two reasons I didn't put a Wampa in here and two uh, reasons I did not put a Jingo in here. So I believe Jingoists are going to go up in price. Um, I'm actually I'm actually 95% sure they're going to go up in price. Um, if not, this points change the next one, but I, I just can't see them not going up in price. Um, so the, the, that was part of the not reason to not include them. They also don't have a talent slot. Which, when we talk about for newer players, what is a great thing to have? 
elusive. Um, what's a good thing to have for uh, long-term players like me as well, who hate rolling green dice? Elusive. Because I'll tell you how many times I need elusive to live, it seems. Yeah. And when they're droids, <laughs> you don't care. When they're not droids, you get a little bit more pissy with about it. Um, so again, this is probably not the most ideal list, but I feel that this is a competitive enough list. You're going to get to throw some dice. Um, Valen Rudar is... Again, it's an I three. It's in there to help introduce um, people to other to other stuff, right? But it's really like Balan could easily be replaced by a Black Squadron Ace. It, it doesn't. You don't have to have them in there. The only difference is is it helps you teach them um, the wording on there, right? So after friendly ship at range zero to one defends after damage is resolved, you may perform an action. So it, it gives them the ability to have a little bit more punch, right? Um, and helps with that target priority, and then it helps, you know, with Iden. So you could kind of run these five ships in a block and put Vader on the opposite side, and then kind of go from there. And Vader, yep, I know Vader's probably should have Juke on him, but how many times do you want, does a new player going to have to go, well, I should spend that, I should spend that, should spend that, or, you know, like, we'll forget it. And I will tell you, I hate Juke so much, I forget Juke half the time, so I don't, I don't like having to try to remember juke. So personally for me, it was an easy conversation to move away from the juke, um, giving them the HLC or cluster missiles allows them to make the choice of, do I want to try and line up a bullseye and get that off? Or do I want to just use cluster missiles and be close and murder things? It gives options. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, Valen Rudar like teaches them how to do stuff like between, attacks when because he's definitely not going to like you would not normally fire at valen rudor first uh it's usually one of your other buddies or whatever maybe iden getting shot or darth vader getting shot or something but um yeah you can trigger valen and then um i would maybe switch up like uh how much is how much is a pattern analyzer uh is it five okay never mind that would be my only like would have been my only change, but it's if it's five, it's too much. Um, How on Vader. are you doing red red maneuvers with Defender Vader? Yeah, not not, very not very often. But if you don't have Juke on him, it it does provide options. I mean, and you um, could you could dump uh, the Hever Lazy Cannon right, and just and and put Pattern Analyzer on right here, mm-hmm. and keep your cluster missiles, or you could keep the Heavy Laser Cannon. You could you could do either. Yeah. Um, and then you get a spot for a talent where you could. Um, you could put Ruth, you'll be a dick and put Ruthless. <laughs> yeah, and what's really nice too is that you know, having the hard turns, uh, red on the defender can actually be something that you, um, you catch somebody off guard. Um, I mean, a hard one on a defender and then pattern analyzing it into like a boost or a barrel roll to outmaneuver your opponent who's expecting you to do a K turn. Um, like a really good way to to catch your opponent off guard. Um, All right, so I'll give you that. Happen. There you go. That that's a, that that is a, that's very good, George. I didn't I did not think about that. But what you got here is a very like uh, solid like starting list. Like this is a good skeleton to work off of, and like that's what we're saying. Like uh, you know, loadouts are more of like how what's your style of play. So this is something that you were also we we're also teaching newer players too. Like it's your it's pre- preference. Yep. basically. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same thing with Iden instead of the cannon, you put the cluster missiles on, right? Because it allows people to shoot more than one time. That's really one of the bigger 
the bigger things with this list and the, the cluster missiles on each of them, it allows you to have multiple shots. So it's like having a second unmodded ship, right? And I didn't being able to keep one of the ships on the board is super imperative. Um, so I don't know. I think it's pretty yeah. good. You know, it only happens twice, but I do like the, the pattern analyzer. I think better than I like that, that, um, HLT. Now that about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the next empire list that I kind of had built, and this one's a little bit different. This is to say, Hey, if you want to do something a little bit more advanced, right. Um, then typical, but not so advanced that you there's a million things that everybody has to remember. You have two inquisitors with passive sensors. Um, and, and it's just really because like, I mean, five points doesn't get you a lot with these inquisitors with one force. Um, and, and passive sensors is a pretty easy, um, thing to help people remember. Uh, I did put jingoist on there again, understanding and going for and the initiative piece of it, right? I have initiative threes, initiative fours, then I'm going to have initiative three and initiative four. So I have only threes and four initiatives in there. Um, overtune modulators to allow them to not feel, uh, constrained by taking actions. Uh, fair off because fair off never dies. Seventh sister, not as much for the ability and just more for the force point, to be perfectly honest with you. Though um, it doesn't hurt to teach them about seventh sister, uh, who is very dirty. Um, and then Commander Goron, because Commander Goron, right, gives you the ability to break locks and give out tokens. I mean, I don't know. I hate that damn ship too. I wish they actually had not done what they did with them, but give it a shield upgrade and that thing will live a little bit longer. You're going to shoot Goron. That's what you're going to do. You're going to kill that Goron and everything else is going to come in and try to kill you. Um, yeah. And, so. and what I like about this particular list is that there's a little bit of symmetry, right? You have two ships that fly the same and the inquisitors and then two tie fighters that fly the same. And then you have kind of like commander ships um, that kind of help um, it, expand on what they can do right with goron being able to make sure that they survive uh, uh particular situations uh by giving them evade tokens and fair off and being able to take up space and being that coordinating piece on your list if you need it to be um or just giving out those uh those tractor tokens or gem tokens using seven sister if they're able to get that proc uh, proc that in and it's a it's a very good list for a new player to kind of understand a little bit of formation flying uh, when trying to find this list and um, and giving them that practice because they want to learn that aspect of it um, so that way they can become more efficient with similar type of lists like if they go over to uh, like CIS which has a little bit of formation flying with the droids or something uh, similarly like that um, or with like resistance wise this is a good trainer to help them understand that spacing that they need with these ships in order to be effective. Yeah, and speaking of spacing, you're going to want to practice with that Reaper, too, trying to get that, see if you can get that boost <laughs> in, in good places. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, 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 I, I agree with you. Um, it's also got plenty of ships, so like, you know, if one goes down, it, it's not a feels bad immediately. Like, if, like for example, that three-ship Rebel list, if, like, Luke goes down, you're feeling pretty bad because you only have two more ships left, so um, numbers is good sometimes for learning. All right, the next one is tailored a little bit more towards only buying a few ships. JJ? 
Yeah, so this one here, um, and this is uh, something that I was kind of like mentioning to Desi in the uh, in chat. Um, so this particular list here, I made using just the uh, the core set, the Strike, Sky Strike Academy uh, set, the Tie LN Fighter Pack, the Tie Interceptor, and the Tie Advance for this one here. Um, although just looking at it again, I actually don't think you need the Sky Strike Pack for this one at all. You, you um, don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I originally had Defender Vader, and then I just switched it, so that's why it's right. Oh, okay. But anyway. Yep. Um, so yeah, so this one here, you have uh, Vader in the X1 with heightened perception, uh, Predator, fire control system, cluster missiles, and afterburners. Uh, soon to your Feral in the Time Interceptor with Crack Shot, Predator, Shield Upgrade. Then you have Iden Versio with Discipline, Tractor Beam, and Precision Ion Engines. Uh, Valen Rudor with Marksmanship, and then Wampa to round it off with Elusive. Um, this is a two aces and three TIE Fighters set here. Um, again, not going for Gene West or anything like that because you have to buy a separate Mando, uh, Mandalorian pack for that. Um, this is just using this here without the conversion kit. Um, so basically using what you get in those sets there, being able to have two I6s here, uh, which I I made the call with heightened perception mainly because you don't have really any other force powers that can really help you other than instinctive aim. Um, being a Vader, especially with road roll, if you're facing off against another I6, which can potentially shoot before you, being able to use heightened perception to guarantee that you get that first shot uh, can be very, very big with Vader. And, um, and ensuring that you can either strip that person's tokens or potentially um, take them out before they can shoot at initiative six. That's very, very huge. And then uh, you have your TIE fighters, uh, which are your objective grabbers in this list that can go out and grab objectives and be good. Um, Iden not really having any other options other than tractor beam in this list, uh, but being able to uh, tractor beam an opponent out of a, a particular area for objectives or into the arc of uh, one of your other TIE fighters that could potentially put in a killing shot into them um, is is definitely strong, um, or just being able to just put your opponent out of position um, for the next turn is uh, is very strong. So um, it's a it's a, a a good list for new players to go in and understand a little bit of the ace play with Tunes here fell, and still uh, work a little bit with that formation plan with the ties and uh, and going from there. Fair enough. We move on to scum, and this I'll I'll tell you this was the hardest faction um, for yeah. me to build with for newer players, and I think it's some of it's because there's a huge cost constraint in scum in my opinion, um, getting into that faction, and then B there's such a variety of things, um, and and interactions that sometimes like it's just I don't know to me there's so many triggers with scum I think it's one of the hard things. We actually have a newer player at our league. When I first uh, started, actually started playing over there last year when we went back in person, uh, this person started showing up and they chose Scum as their faction. That's their faction. And in my opinion, they have done very well with with it as a newer player. And it's and, and I think it's kind of exciting because I think that was like their passion is like, we're only going to buy this one faction. We're not going to buy a bunch of them. Um, and then when the Mandalorian comes out, it just kind of like, it's like, hey, you're going to get Mandalorian? You, you got Scum already, buddy, <laughs> you know? Um, so anyway, for me, this was the hardest one, you know, so there's Boba, um, Boba's got contraband just to kind of help, you know, with doing some crazy things. FTC is actually better, but again, that's a weird trigger that like you have to be careful because like, like FTC to me is a little bit more of an advanced trigger that you want to use 
and you have to be careful how you fly Bulba, otherwise people are just going to pop your FTC right away. It's just it's gone. Contraband allows you to do stupid things with Bulba that you shouldn't do. Um, VTG gives you the double tap. Notorious is there for you to be a dick. Um, I put um, Layton with an ion cannon and composure, uh, and that one I'll give credit to Zach and um, uh, Zach and uh, Corey because they have that was kind of one of the things that they had talked about in scum uh gamut key with protectorate gleb and elusive um i know a lot of people run dead man switch which is fine you could do that too uh but the elusive i know is a big um a big piece and that you know giving putting gamut and Leighton together like is pretty good because Leighton lives Leighton likes to live like i'll be honest Leighton does not go down very easily um and that's one of the huge things. I wish Leighton had one more point so I could give Leighton elusive. Because <laughs> um, I think it would just make it, like, I just think it would be so much better for a new player to have that, you know, like, that that piece of it, right? Um, and then, you know, then you have Cad Bane, which you can sub Cad Bane out for anybody else. Um, Cad Bane, just taking Ahsoka Tano and Sync Laser Cannon and Marksmanship just is a very easy build for somebody to get. Um to be able to do you know to, to run with um but i think the real key is 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 getting your gamut and your latent to not you know one of them only one of them gets to die and if you don't kill gamut gamut's coordinating latent and latent's firing that ion cannon like you wouldn't believe yeah definitely really nice um and i mean you, you got a lot of solid pieces on here um just being able to uh, and under this is a good list to help newer players understand the importance of having a support ship and a four ship list uh, so that way they can help out uh, to coordinate and uh, provide extra tokens for your more harder hitting ships and understanding the range of that coordinate with the ship so that way they can learn to fly that ship um, kind of like behind or trailing or at least on the side on the peripheral of your other ships to help them be effective. Um, definitely a very, very good list to help them teach that. Yeah. Yeah, there's also like stuff to remember. Like, so you have end of end of round stuff that you got to remember uh, after each shot. Like, for example, with Notorious, um, got to make sure you remember that trigger. Uh, Cad Bane's trigger if he hits. Like, there's a lot of different things that you got to remember. And that's yeah. why Scum is just such a hard. It's a lot harder, for, in my opinion, for newer players to get into. But if you have that mindset, and you really want to learn it. Like, I think mm -hmm. Scum is probably one of. I will say Droid Swarm was one of the best things to learn as a newer player, but I will won't admit or won't disagree with the fact that Scum allows for some of these triggers that force you to remember triggers you would never remember. Um, and and I again, Boba Eamon Kanan, like I ran that and hadn't run much Scum before that at all, and I'll tell you that made me learn triggers that I never thought were possible to remember. Yeah. So the next scum list is one that JJ created again in the vein of how do I reduce the cost entry level cost for people getting into it? So he has um, mm -hmm. only three packs you actually have to buy. And technically you could get away with buying just two packs, I believe, uh, but three. I'm not sure. You, you definitely need the scum conversion kit for this particular list because it does have okay. upgrades that are needed for it. They can't find anywhere else. Um, the core set mainly there because you do need um, obviously your dials and or sorry not your dials your uh, your dice and your 
uh, range ruler, but if you have a friend that can provide you all that, then you don't need the core set. Um, the only thing you needed for this one here is the Houndstooth expansion, the Rogue uh, Starfighter pack, and the Scum Conversion Kit. And we're going to deep dive into this one a little bit. So this is an all-Initiative 4 list here. Um, and this one I built uh, kind of with a, on purpose, all I forged, just so you can, uh, the newer player can kind of understand the importance of initiative matching and how they can help because you can move ships at different times and that can really help your ships get out of each other's way if you do need to here. So we have Bosk here uh, with Notorious, IG-88D, uh, Contraband Cybernetics, the Houndsuit's title, Lando Calrissian, and Greedo with the shield upgrade as well, giving Bosch just that extra little bit of health there. Uh, Cad Bane with Elusive, Ion Cannon, Heavy Laser Cannon, Contraband Cybernetics, uh, Zuckus, and the Xanadu Blood title. Uh, and then we have Victor Hell, also in the World Class Starfighter with Elusive, Ion Cannon, HLC, and Cloaking Device to combo with his ability. And then last but not least is Andrew Sherlock in the Z95 Headhunter uh, with Trickshot and over two modulators uh, to fill out his spaces here. Uh, again, all Initiative 4s here. And the other part of this list as well that's really interesting is that because Bosk has that title, um, you can send Boskin to um, to very aggressively in the center if you want to, and if the opponent tries to uh, try to overshoot you to get behind Bosk, you can then deploy Andrew Sherlock behind you. Uh, his ability only works if you don't have anybody around within range 0-2, um, but it's still a great way to keep time on target on a ship that's trying to flee from Bosk um, while you have Victor Hell and uh, Cad Bane out there either uh, shooting three dice with the ion cannons at range or at range one, or if the if you get somebody in the bullseye, having that HLC shot um, can be very devastating, uh, particularly with Cabin, with Zuckus, being able to make you re-roll your, um, your, your enemy's defensive dice, um, and then passing on a strain, or sorry, a stress um, using his ability is very, very good. Uh, Victor Hell uh, being able to also passively pass off stress if he's rolling uh, more or less dice uh, than his two agility. Um, really, really good as well. You know, I never realized that you can dock C95 on that thing. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can. <laughs> I've never done it's it, but you can. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be the um, the the national. Yes. You can do yeah. the name pilot. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, well, well. You learn something new every day. I feel like a new player. <laughs> I'm gonna fly this list now. Yeah. No, I, I do like the again all the all four initiative. I think it's a really good starting point for a newer player to get used to, because uh, it's a it's a good sweet spot, I believe, right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. There is another. Um, what all i4 list i think that we had or was it an all i3 list or something like that we we're not going to play put that one up but there is another one that's actually really fun to fly too with manaru in it so um we're going to stay away from that one for now um <laughs> all right for resistance we're going to move on to resistance so this one is 3 i4s and 1 i5 and the idea behind this resistance list right is you're flying x-wing it's simple every one of the x-wings gets heroic because you have to have heroic especially for a new player shield upgrade and then everything else is just kind of a, a little bit of like ferris fear pain on on kai whatever you know like it's just there marksmanship on elo it's just there the idea behind this list is to let the ships live a little bit longer um i will tell you 
what used to be dirty is you used to be able to run some of these stupid X-Wings with shield upgrade and hull upgrade. Um, so happy that that is not a thing anymore because that was not fun um, at all to play against. It was fun if you were that player because your ships never died. <laughs> you never lost an X-Wing <laughs> or you lost one for the whole game. Um, but again, I did not pick these for the, the, the pilot abilities. It was more for the fact that you're getting a shield upgrade. You're getting that middle of the road initiative and then you get one big, big initiative. Um, big, big, big initiative there with Elo. Um, and Elo is super unique and, and neat because Elo can do the talent rolls. And if it has one, two or fear of stress, it becomes a white. So it can do it while it's stressed, but it can also do it when it's not stressed and still take its action. Um, and so that's kind of a neat, a uh, little neat interaction. Karakun, you know, the, the boost, eh, whatever, um, you know, the, the boost on Wexley is super amazing. Um, cause most of the time you're doing a two to four speed anyway. Um, and you know, Kai is essentially, if you could get Kai off and you get a free evade, I'll never remember it for the opponent. So it is what it is, but it's an I four. Um, so really there's not much to that list. Honestly, just remember I mean, heroic. Exactly. But remember that's heroic. easy. I always yell heroic when my droids roll blanks, but nobody ever lets me do it. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me of the same archetype that uh, that Corey healed uh, was uh, was was running for a little bit. Uh, I think he did his mainly with HLCs, if I if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, definitely really solid. Uh, four T seventies uh, with these upgrades is a pain to take down because they are very beefy especially with heroic uh helping out their defense on blank outs it's uh, a really tough list to, to go through and because they're all the same chassis uh, a newer player would have uh easier time getting a feel for that particular list um, without having to worry too much about the differences in the dials between different chassis and uh, would teach them or, uh, how to maneuver them uh, effectively that way Yep. How would you fly these in a little box or just spread out? Separate. Spread out. Separate. Yeah. Spread out. I, if I were, especially with 2.5, if I were teaching, I would definitely spread them out. I might keep, um, I might keep, uh, Kara and, um, Elo closer together, um, to just kind of provide some of that. Cause Kara had, cause they had the weird maneuvers, um, that you could kind of do with them and different things. So, so I might keep them closer together to create a smaller box with those two. But other than that, you could line them up across the bottom just in between rocks as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's really an incorrect way to fly them um, mm-hmm. other than all four in a box. That's an incorrect yeah. way. I would never do that. <laughs> that's, that's old school flying right there. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah back in the day, that was great. You know, yeah. but and I'll tell you what, I can fly droids in formation to this day still and bump very few times. All right. The next one I have um, is is kind of a similar like take um, on the other one. And again, yes, Corey Corey gets one hundred percent of the credit for these lists. <laughs> these this is definitely a very Corey influence. Elo, let's just put it this way: the choice in Elo is is Corey. That's that's a Corey thing. Um, and after having to play against Elo, I will tell you, I still hate Neonum more, but Elo, <laughs> Elo has been a thorn in my side, thanks to Corey, more than I care to admit. Um, 
So here we have a all I five list minus BB um, eight. And the idea here is teaching them that BB eight is your objective getter and your bait and that you get Ray, which is amazing. And you get Elo and Neonub. Elo and Neonub with a pattern analyzer, heroic. I put our four because I didn't know what else to do with those other two points, but maybe JJ has a different idea. I, I didn't know what else you would do with it. I know I don't think JJ runs heroic on Elo or Neonub. Um, all the time, but I think, I think that the the heroic is really worth it with Neonub, yes. honestly. Uh, yeah, for a newer no, player, you you absolutely built it out the way I, I would. Yeah, okay. that's that's exactly how I built it. Yeah. Um, and then sorry, sorry, it, my kid was sexy. And then the idea is, is you have Elo kind of similar before, except for this time I gave Elo an ion cannon, whereas you know before I gave Elo a, um the shield upgrade, right? This time I'm like, okay, let's be a little bit more ballsy and give Elo a little bit different of an option. Corey would tell you it deserves the, um, you could do pattern analyzer and then do um, HLC. But for a newer player, I think HLC is a very hard mechanic to line up. But in fairness, Elo is an I-5, so that, that is a little bit, you know, you could kind of do things in there differently. Um, and, and and that would be fine as well to do HLC and then pattern analyzer instead of Ferrisphere paint. Um, and then Ray, I did very different than you would normally do. Obviously, you get heroic. You have to put Fen on no matter what. Fen is an immediate, yes, this is what it's going to do. I put engine upgrade on there because it allows you to do the um, the boost for free, basically, without taking that stress. And then I gave it Perceptive Copilot, which I know is, again, not a very normal Ray build. But I felt giving that player two focuses with Ray allows you to have so many mods that it's not a feel bad anymore. Um, and with Finn giving that extra dice, you roll a blank, you add another one, you heroic the damn thing, and then you use your force or a focus token. For a newer player, I felt that this would be a little bit more beneficial because now you could teach him the options of what Ray can do to not die. Um and because if they lose Ray in three rounds, they will be very sad, no matter what. Yeah. But I didn't feel putting Poe in here was a smart move. <sighs> Though I guess you could dump BB-8 and change the end up to Poe, but I just feel four ships is a better feel for a newer player, personally. Um, well, and Nan think... and Elo are five. Initiative five, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you have three initiative fives. I think that's, I think that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I had felt is giving people initiative five makes sure that they have better information when they they move, um, which is sad because that means we should start discounting our initiative twos and threes. Maybe maybe Joy's need to go down to one point. There you go. <laughs> no, hell no. <laughs> hey, there's still a limit of eight chips. So exactly. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard <laughs> um, Nick, well, I need to have eight ship separatist lists every time, baby. One thing I was going to mention, um, you know, <laughs> since you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Nick just called me point seat. All right, yep. I'll take it. I'll ha hail, hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> um, but yeah, one thing I was going to mention, um, since this this in the previous list had uh, Elo. Sometimes, you know, you just get that that pilot that you're really drawn to. And, hey, that's okay, too. Like, that's a good way to start off a build. Like, 
you know, if you like, if you really like flying Elo Atsi or Asti, um, then just go ahead and put them on a list and then see what else you can fit in that list. That's how I do it, my list. It's like I, I pick a fire spray <laughs> and then I go from there. <laughs> yep, exactly. You pick a cow. You're a coward there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. I think JJ had a resistance list. Yep. Yeah, kind of going on the same vein that you're talking about is just like kind of like making decisions on pilots here. Um, this one here, I, I still stuck with the four ship, um, four ship archetype here. Um, for this particular, everything list, Chris hates, right? In one list. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this one here, um, I use the resistance conversion kit mainly because it does come with a lot of tech uh, upgrades that you can't really find on anywhere else other than buying extra packs and stuff. Um, so it's probably the most um, affordable way to get a lot of these upgrade cards. Um, beyond that, I went with the Heralds of Hope uh, pack and the resistance transport pack. So just three uh, three boxes here, assuming that you can get your uh, dials, or sorry, your, um, your range rulers and your dice through other means. Um, so for this one here, I have Poe Dameron, uh, Flyboy, with Heroic R4 Astromech Prime Thrusters, Overdrive Thrusters, and Black 1 and Afterburners, Minum with Heroic Pattern Analyzer R4, just like you built it, uh, Covenel with Heroic Leia Organa R4, and then Finn with Elusive Heroic uh, Perceptive Co-Pilot. Um, this one here, though, I, I set this up here just to help um, the the player understand the importance of repositioning here this is a list that cares a lot about uh about positioning and maneuvers and this is kind of an advanced uh an advanced class on how to teach uh to how to outmaneuver an opponent or maneuver in a way that you can get into spaces that makes you unpredictable here uh particularly with uh poe damon here now, I kind of sacrificed his offensive potential. Uh, normally, what we see in the meta with Poe is usually he's equipped with uh, either HLC or with Proton Torpedoes, so make sure that he always has that four-die shot. Here, I kind of sacrificed that just to guarantee that he has all the repositioning available. Um, having uh, Prime Thrusters to allow him to still uh, have access to the boost and barrel actions, um, even while he's stressed, uh, is very big for Poe. Um, afterburners to allow him to still uh, do a fast maneuver to afterburners and then still have access to his other actions like focus target lock or barrel roll as needed um, gives him that um, that flexibility to be in different places. And Kobanel, um, which is a, a big piece for this list here, um, having Leia Organa um, not only affects Kobanel's dial, but can affect either Poe's dial or Finn's dial. Um, to make those maneuvers less stressful. Um, and that's huge because you can essentially make a four straight for Poe, a blue maneuver, um, and that will help him clear stress, which will help him do all the other things that he needs to. And it really opens up that dial for him. Um, so definitely a really good list for newer players to um, get in. And um, just with these three packs, uh, have a, a really good list that's doing that can do a lot for you um, across the board. All right, so I'm going to go back to that point saint, right, and just say some of me thinks Poe should get a few more points. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I disagree with it. I think it's just the pieces that allow Poe to be that maneuverable. Give, give me two more. Give me two more points. I'll kill afterburners and put protons or beetles on them. That. 
just yeah. saying. Like I, I've actually done it. primed yeah. and and that mm, tasty. Yeah, it's really good, man. It's so good. Yeah. You killed me. All right. I'm definitely not gonna fly this list though. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna move on to FO. Um so this one, and again, we have 15 minutes. I don't want to be done in 15 minutes because I want to do an Andor episode tonight because I'm so excited about Andor, um, and I'm not drunk yet, so I think that a good <laughs> an Andor episode is good. Um, but um, so this this FO list is try to mimic Vader with um, ties. That that was the idea behind this list, right? So you have Kylo Ren with Malice a- or Advanced Optics and Plasmas. Um, you don't really need the plasmas. I know you don't need the plasmas. Um, but that seven points, I, I I don't know what else. Without giving him a few, like he needs a talent slot. That's that's what he needs. But um, that's a whole different discussion. Uh, and then Commander Malaris with the standard loadout Scorch with Pattern Analyzer, Proud Tradition, Fanatical Static with Proud Tradition, Fanatical Advanced Optics, and Midnight with Fanatical Proud Tradition clusters and a shield upgrade. And I specifically gave Midnight a shield upgrade because he's worth one more point. Um, but I actually think people should be running Midnight. Um, it's kind of like I never thought of I never looked at at that. Um, but I really kind of think that maybe that's a po- that that's a positive thing. Um, that people should be running Midnight because he's got 15 loadout points, and I didn't I didn't know that. And it's an I six. It's an I six. And it says while you defend or perform an attack, if you have a lock on an enemy ship, that ships that can't be modified. Like, oh my god! Like, I don't know. So don't tell them about midnight. <laughs> well, I, I am. I am. There's not a Desla, I don't think there's enough people that watch this show. But I will I tell did, you, I, if if I get drafted for NCX League, and I get drafted into FO, I'm running midnight. Just so whoever drafts me knows, I'm running midnight. If you draft me into FO, you probably I probably will not get drafted into FO. I'll probably get drafted into CIS. But it's, I will say it's a little harder to do midnight only because it, it is much more of a jam meta right now, but that could change in a few weeks. We'll see what that, yeah. what happens. And so, yeah, 15 I, points on a loadout for a FO is really good. Like, holy crap. Yeah. That's a, again, I'm sorry. Like that's a shield upgrade, dude. Yeah. That's amazing. You don't, I don't even need fanatical. Like I, maybe marksmanship's better. I don't know. I got to tell you the secret tech that I like on midnight is targeting, um, targeting assistant targeting where the, um, the three point tech uh, targeting, targeting synchronizer. synchronizer. Yeah. The reason being is that you're already trying to get that lock with midnight. And if you have other ships that have ordinance like clusters or concussion missiles, you open up at initiative six, that target lock to have all that ordinance go onto your intended target with midnight um it is really really good i mean sure you may or may not get a good offense out of midnight but being able to unlock that potential for a missile strike on your intended target is really really strong um especially when you consider that you know you can have uh very cheap ships that can fire uh missiles uh both in the tie whispers or in the um uh, some of the FO fighters that can carry missiles. That's a, a, a really nice um, option to have an I-6 that can take that target lock uh, and uh, and just open that up. All right. Yeah, so that's that's good. I didn't think about that. That's that's good. I, I think I would dump the, uh, the, the two talent spots for that. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's worth it. So yeah. All right. Nothing's uh, nothing else about that list. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Um, yeah, let's go to Republic. You can skip mine. <laughs> all right. Yeah, he's like Tanner had a better list than mine. So yeah, mine is just it. it, it honestly, um, yeah. <laughs> it's two bombers. Oh my god! All right, two bombers. The whisper. All right, we're moving on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the Jeff. next one that for my republic list that I kind of had put together, and, and again the goal was is how can I create something with a lat or without a lat, right? And so the idea here is is a V wing is very strong. This one does cr- cost a little bit more to run, but you could get Barris in a Delta. You know you get Barris in a Delta Seven, right? And you can put shield upgrade on Barris in a Delta Seven with R four still. Like, I'm sorry, but there you go. Like that's I'm surprised that's not a piece that people have been running. I guess you only get one force, but for five points, I actually kind of wonder how much that rivals Obi Obi in this one. I I don't know. Um. And yep, you're and yep, Deslin, you're right. We could swap Contrail out and move to another um move to another Z95 because they come in a two-pack, and that is a very good idea. If we're trying to be cost-conservative, we would dump Contrail and and move to a different one. The idea here, though, is these are all I-5s, um, except for, obviously, Barris. Barris is a four, but this is an I-5 list. Oddball in the Y-Wing with nothing but um, Ions and Veteran Turret Gunner, which is spicy, in my opinion, because it says, hey, I'm going to shoot something. I'm going to do it. Um, you're right. You could put Plo in there, but I like Barris better. I'm sorry. I like Barris better. I like Barris better. I just do. I like Barris better. Damn it. Um, yeah, she's, she's tanky, you know, with that shield upgrade, having three three shields, three hole, and yeah, that's that's pretty good. All right. And you could put Rick. You're, that's fair. Fine. Put Rick in there. You could put Rick in there. Might be better, actually. And In fairness, Rick in there is probably actually better than Barris, but if we're trying to get new players in the game, Barris with a, as a Jedi, mm, just so tasty. Um, Knack, who cares about Knack's ability? Um, he gets ion torpedoes to start teaching people about ionization. Uh, same with the Oddball, right? And then um, Oddball being able to shoot, um, you you get the choice. You either get to shoot your torpedoes, or you get to double tap and shoot out the front and then out the side. Um, so you can be ballsy with um, Oddball. And get your target lock, and it, there's so so I think oddballs, and again I'm gonna give credit there to Alex. Um, I can't remember the name of his group, but he has a podcast called Bespin, um, Bespin Players, I think Bespin Benchwarmers. There you go. Yeah, Bespin and yeah. um, Alex has been using oddball for quite a while, and oddball in a Y wing is really good. Um, then ob- obviously Obi because Obi's really cool, and then Contrail to just murder things. Um, it, but yep, you're right. You could ugh, God, you could, you could put Nick, uh, Rick in there. Um, you could probably do that too, and I think that would be that would be fun as well. Um, but the the symmetry really is here is just the fact that they're higher initiative. That's really it. Um, and then it kind of gives you a little bit of of various play with different ships. And again, this is a this is a list I would actually feel I don't think it's as good as having that fucking lat, but um I do think that this is a, if that lat if lats were not as prominent in, in play as they are now, 
I really think that this is a competitive, a decently competitive list, personally. Dump Lats, and we'll see what Republic can do. Hmm. Right. Be nice. I would. It would be nice to see some Y wings on the board. Yeah. For rest. um, yeah, and I agree with you. The uh, the next the next one I have is is essentially a similar one, but just with a version of Hawk in it. Um, and then I put Click in there. Because click allows for you to be to make things live longer, um, and it teaches mechanics of how to how do we stop things from dying as easy. And then um, you know again mace with the heightened perception kind of go to back to JJ's thing of if you got a ship that's got to die, here you go. And then with hawk in there, I put hawk with C three PO because it allows for you that hawk to live a little bit longer. Hawk is still really good. Um, even with a lower loadout than Hound, and Hawk fits in this list, in my opinion, better than Hound does, um, because of the the initiatives. And Hawk likes to boost, and Hawk likes yeah. to give boosts, and all these ships love blues. So, um, Hawk with Agile Gunner allows you to teach people about in-game stuff. Um, Seventh Fleet Gunner because you're a dirty cheating Hawk bastard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and C-3PO and novice technician to help Hawk live forever or as long as he can. Seems yeah. fun. Yeah, Seems like a definitely. fun list to fly for sure. A lot of little zippers. Yeah. Zip around the board. The next list, I believe this is JJ's Mine. list. Yeah. Yep. So this one here, um, again, this is X-Wing on a budget. Um, I took a little bit of inspiration of what's going to make Nick Spurry uh, flip. Um, so this <laughs> one requires uh, just the Guardians of the Republic pack, the Latin pack, and the Clumsy 95 pack uh, for the Republic. So another budget list, uh, but can do a lot of work here. So we have uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Delta 7 uh, Aether Sprite with Predator, CLT, and Shield Upgrade. Um, so that's a, a 5 health Jedi that can do a lot of work for 5 points. Uh, we got Hounds with Ala Sakura and Barrage Rockets and Synchronized Console. Uh, Stub with Dedicated Fire Control System, uh, Cluster Missiles and Synchronized Console. Killer with Expert Handling, Dedicated Fire Control System, uh, Sync Console and Cluster Missiles. And then Oddball with Dedicated Proton Torpedoes and Synchronized Console. And now this is a, a Torrent Oddball. Um, so what's nice about this particular setup here... Um, this, this version of Oddball, um, he has on his bar the barrel roll into Red Evade. So if you set it up correctly, you can get a barrel roll Red Evade for defense or Oddball and then get that target lock since it is a red action um, if you have somebody in Bullseye, which can uh, now unlock that Proton Torpedo to be used and, um, and get that shot onto your intended target. Um, you do have the latch that can provide the rerolls that you need with this native ability. And then you can now pass on that target lat that you got from Oddball onto Stub and Killer and Hounds, um, who is equipped with barrage rockets um, and has that focus. They can now get those shots onto um, their intended targets and get the, the mods that they need to get those shots in there. This is definitely a very aggressive list. Um, but can do a lot of work. Definitely. Yeah, this is the original version of the lat before, um, be be before they went to Seventh Fleet Gunner support ship. Like that, yep. this is the aggressive. You know, like 
like this is the last I read. Them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So let's move into our last faction as we wrap up. And this one, we probably unfortunately have the most opinionated uh, pieces of it on there because two of us fly these lists. Um, so again, I try to create a Vader plus ties list um, with Django Fett. Um, of course, this is my Django Fett <coughs> loadout that I like a little bit better <clears throat> um, because Django lives a little bit longer, can do a few more dirty things. Um, and the FTC and contraband is just so dirty compared to scum, man. Like scum, like scum Boba wishes he had two illicit slots and Django probably shouldn't have two illicit slots. Let's be, let's be honest. He, he does. He doesn't need two illicit slots. That's, that's pretty bad. Um, but it's Django with a bomber. Uh, I'm sorry, two bombers and three droids. And essentially what it is, is it's designed to, um, come in here and say you can either go after Django or you can go after the bombs and you can run these in groups, right? So I'm running a bomber and two droids and then a bomber and one droid. That's what I'm running. And if you would drop, um, you know, Django fed a couple of points, I'd run two droids and two bombers, uh, three droids, two bombers, and just kind of, it'd be fun. Um, since I officially, um, am, since I officially am point sane here. Um, God, somebody make me, somebody make me a card, like a planning face syndicate card of point sane with my, with my face and everything on it. So, so somebody <laughs> needs to do that. Like I'm, I'm the wild card, baby. That, that That's what, that's going to be our intro next week. Design Tanner, the Tanner Saint card. <laughs> yeah. What does Tanner crew do for you? Anyway, so so anyway, the idea is is to understand um, space recognition with proxies, point scene. That's right. Uh, to understand space spatial recognition and spatial understanding with with proxies and discords. That's the idea with this list. And Django was just there to not die. That's really what it is. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I would like running. Uh, if I were running this list, I would probably like keep DFS closer to the bomber. Bombardment drones, um, so that he's within range to like use his, you know, calculates for taking away some crits. Maybe that's about it. Yeah, and I agree with you. Even though I said I never used DFS, um, I do agree that in this list that would actually be really good um, with that bomber. So the next one is a version of my um, Watt list that I used to ran in 2.0. Uh, which I loved and did not do very well at Crossroads with, but I did love it. Um, was my favorite list to run. Um, and basically, essentially, it is hyena bombers. Three of them. <laughs> um, do I have three of them? No, I have one, two, three. I have four bombers and two vulture droids. So the two vulture droids have energy shell and discords, and then the bombers have two discords and two proxies, and then Watt with K2B4, impervium plating, and composure because why not you put marksmanship you kind of put whatever you want but for a newer player again this this does a little bit of the spatial thing um but gives them some tankier stuff and then allows you to learn a ability what gets to um no no i'm not torkel stop it <laughs> damn it george stop it i hate torkel <laughs> 
<laughs> what is wrong with you two? Not even paying attention to the show. Um, <laughs> yes, we are. But this is this is my version. This is my upgraded 2.5 version of what? Um, I don't own four Hina powers to run this list. Um, but maybe Zach or um, maybe Zach or or uh, um, I don't know who. Somebody else runs droids at my league. Somebody else will let me borrow. Well, it's not Zach. Yeah, I don't have that many bombers. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. I just don't own that many bombers. Like, so, yeah, maybe somebody will let hole. me run that. It's a lot of hole to punch through. Um, Brendan, that's right. Brendan runs droids. Brendan could give me a bomber to borrow. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was the idea with this list. If I, I that'd be something that I would possibly want to run on the table, but. Yeah, we just I don't have that many bombers. I would need to borrow stuff. Yep. And then the next version I have is very much the same thing, except oh for gosh. it is eight ships and the idea with this list. And again, I really want to put this on the table. Like I actually think I should put the I should I damn it. I, I think I I think we hang out too much because I've been we've been drinking and so the the <laughs> one thing I would I mean you don't have the points for it, but I think that's worth um, adding on what is electronic baffle, um, so that we mm. can like get rid of that stress on a on a in a pinch. Um, but yeah, I definitely like this loadout a lot. It's really good. Yeah, if you get rid of K two before, you could do that. All I can say you. is, um, you'll probably only maybe make it three or four rounds in the game <laughs> with yeah. this many shifts. Sorry, I, I know this is technically so. So the idea behind this list is how do you want to how do you want to learn how to fly a bunch of ships and not bump? That's the idea with this list. That's yeah. it. There's no other idea to this list. Do you not want to bump? That's it. Um, that's what this list will teach you. Hide on rocks. I agree with that. I don't know. I again, the when I first the first thing, and now I'm going to tangent a little bit because that's that's my nickname is Tangentine Tanner. But the first thing that pissed me off about X-Wing, other than stupid Protorps, was the was flying in formation, right? And now that we don't have to fly in formation anymore, it's not as big of a thing. But I still think that one of the big things, right, is flying without bumping um, as much as you can and flying and landing in, in, in obvious spots. And... um I'm I'm gonna murder all I'm gonna ban every one of you from the chat. You're, you guys you guys are really distracting. Anyway, the idea was is that that was the first thing that pissed me off was people that could do that and I couldn't, and I would lose every time to formation flying. So I learned how to formation fly. There yeah. you go. There's my stand. Yeah. It's rough. All right. I don't know whose list this is, but the next list has Cad Bane in it. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely not mine. <laughs> Is this mine too? All right, we're gonna yeah, that's, that's yours. All right, here's the next list. Who who put the Magna Guard protectors? This is the last list, I swear. That's mine. That's the one that uh, again, going back to uh, <laughs> to newbies, <laughs> newbies here that um, that are trying to like play on a budget here. So this one here, another three pack uh, list. Uh, Servants of Strife, uh, Hyena Bomber Pack, and the Rogue Class. Uh, really, um, really good way to help uh, understand uh, a little bit more formation flying 
and uh, in their first interaction with bombs here um, using the bombardment drone here. So we got General Grievous here with Predator, Afterburner, uh, Solus One, and Impervium. Now I chose this particular loadout because Grievous is going to be your um, your 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 hunter here, trying to go get ships and having the Manigard protectors and the world-class starfighters being his flankers to help him survive um, direct shots coming in. And having the bombardment drone and DFS being able to go grab those objectives, you have those three solid ships um, all at initiative four being able to uh, do a lot of work there uh, with their munitions. Um, the Magna Guard protectors with energy shell chargers and sync laser cannons um, to uh, bolster their offensive potential. Um, the way I would run this uh, in potential, in particularly, um, is the energy shell charges I will use more often as a as a shot against a ship that has um, uh, either lost their shields or if they have like salvage, and you want to make sure that you get that crit, you're more likely to get that with energy shell charges versus sync laser cannons, um, and that's why I have that there to kind of help them with that particular objective there. Um, and then the bombardment drones with blazer bomb. Um, I ran that during the Depticon blazer bomb, uh, a, an extremely effective area denial piece, uh, being able to cover a lot of spots. And the best part of it is that that blaze can be seismic uh, by a bombardment drone. And um, once it is uh, once it is ejected out, you can actually launch that seismic charge ahead of you and not get hit by that range one bubble of the blazer bomb. Um, so that's a, a very nice way to like place it toward the center, uh, make it like a little bit of an area of denial. And anybody who gets in close, you can basically blast the blaze and get them again for that uh, that extra damage. That's cool. I like this list. Um, and I love the fact that you only need three packs. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really awesome. Um, kind of keep it on a budget. And I think the only thing, um, if I wasn't running this one, which I probably would, like I would maybe even cut down the Magna Guards to like the initiative three ones, the executioners, mm -hmm. because they're four points. And then like I can fit in another vulture droid if I really wanted to. We just yeah. know that the Magna Guards are gonna go down to four points so we can run them. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome actually if they did. Yeah. On this list, who would you guard though? Like you put Grievous. Yeah. Grievous. You're running in a in a in a kind of looser formation uh, around Grievous because you're they're all I fours, mm -hmm. um, and you can you can basically tailor to how you're deploying them. Um, if you're deploying them with um, like towards one of the sides, you want the banker guards to to play a little more deeper on the flank. Um, so that way, as you're turning, they're more facing the they're they're more closer to the opponent. Um, so that way, that takes the heat off of Grievous, who you want to be the end game piece for your list. How about this, George? Let me let me let me tell you one thing. They can up Django to nine points if they lower Magna Guards and HMPs to four points. Spicy take, Tanner. Spicy take. So sure. Corey, Corey, <laughs> Corey actually has built me a list almost identical to this. Uh, the Blazer Bomb is different, um, but. Corey built me a list with you can run a shield upgrade and sync laser cannons and, and independent calculates if you want, or you can get rid of independent calculates on these Magna Guard protectors and then put an HMP with Kraken in there. Hey, yeah, that's cool. um, you can run a Geonosia prototype and guard that with Kraken. So it's a three green knight Geonosia prototype. 
and they have to kill those Magna Guard protectors. They don't get a choice. And with Kraken, they're keeping their they're keeping their calculates to begin with. And then they all get to share. Everybody but the HMP gets to share with them. That's awesome. It's that's actually really good. It is really bad against like Alpha Strike lists. <laughs> like they eat them alive. But other than that, it's like how about this? My win rate with that list is like 75 or 80%. I did wow. start losing against it and, and decided I wasn't going to run it for GT. Um, and I'm glad I didn't. But it's like props to Corey because it's, 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 it, how about the, it's so fun to run, especially because it's like, oh, do you want to shoot a Magna Guard Protector or do you want to shoot a three dice HMP shit? <laughs> like you pick, pick what you want to do, you know? Hovering around you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and I've learned that the Magna Guard protectors just have to be an arc. They don't actually have to fly in formation, by the way. Just so you know. It's it just is to have insane. a higher probability. Yeah, yeah. Holy the crap. reason why I say I in formation is that you just have a higher probability of uh of making sure that you you get them in arc um with like Grievous. Yes, but with the HMP you can run them like that and then side slip yeah. with your HMP over here. And then the guards are still in the arc. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sorry. It's it's really it is really good. It's really janky. It's it's a janky list. That's what it is. But it's a really good janky list. And I'm telling you, if they lower the Magna Guard protectors to four points, I don't care. Cut cut ten points out of them. And they're still good. Like I will I'll run yeah. sync laser cannons on them and put them at four points, and I will immediately start running those all the time. So Anyway, all right, we are well over time tonight. I yeah. <laughs> I think we uh we really we really hit it good tonight, guys. Um Yeah, absolutely. Fun episode. I like list building, I guess. I didn't know I liked list building as much. Usually I just like tell George he has to build me a list. So just, just um, wait till we get new points, man, and then we're all in it. All in it, man. I know we're gonna do nothing but we're gonna have like five episodes of just like points <laughs> discussion and list building. It'll, just, it'll be horrible. People will be like, shut the fuck up, planning face oh, get stop and, doing that. And also, you know, a little side segment of you know covering the galactic championship. <laughs> yeah. Or what does Tanner hate more today? There you go. I'll tell you, man, we need that list. We need that list of your 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 ranked list of like hated upgrades and pilots. I, I need that list, man. Yeah. <laughs> So we should put your face right on him. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, Nick, <laughs> Nick from three ones who already said he's going to make me a Torkoal Mux card. I will yep. tell you, you want to know what my win rate percentage <laughs> against Torkoal Mux lists are? Like less than 25%. Just so you know. Jeez. I hate Torkoal Mux that much. Like, it's like the, I shouldn't say this because this is going to go into an NCX and I'm going to really get angry. Like, I'm going to just like, <laughs> I'm going to get tilted. I guess I'm running Torkoal Mux for the next like fucking three months, I guess, so that I don't. Syndicate, yeah. Syndicate. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so uh whoever drafts me, just be forewarned, don't match me up against a fucking Torkoal Mux list. If it happens, yeah. literally just say anything but that. And if I get matched up with Torkoal Mux list, we're practicing to beat it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so maybe I'm so, bluffing. Maybe I like or maybe my win rate is like hundred percent. So for uh people who follow us regularly, uh we do interact quite a bit mm -hmm. with uh Nickel City X Wing. Uh we are starting season two of their league uh starting at Monday. 
Uh, Monday, we will be doing the live draft uh, between eight captains that we're, we're going to have this year. And we're going to draft from the pool of different players that have signed up to be there. Um, so uh, join us over on Nickel City at uh, at eight, excuse me, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we're going to be doing the live drafts there. And uh, we're definitely going to be covering uh, games from uh, the Nickel City League on our channel. And, uh, and we'll be doing that as that comes. So stay tuned. Hope to see you guys there. Yeah, it feels like my winner is just filled up because we have eight teams now. So like, <laughs> holy crap. Like, I like how Greg goes and Planty Face Syndicate likes to cover games, too. And it's like, shit, we're going to have to cover all these games. <laughs> like, fuck me. I mean, um, you know, we we're going to do that. You yeah. Knew like, I didn't that. know we yeah. had eight. We didn't. I didn't know we had eight teams. But um, if you want to vie for me, you know, there's there's that. Because, by the way, next week, whoever drafts me um, and is not JJ is invited to the stream. And it will be a trounce on JJ. So if JJ, JJ doesn't draft me as a first round pick, and in fairness, I did. I was top two Michigan GT. So just saying, there's that. And you lost. You lost on a roll off too. I, I lost mean, on a roll off, and I yeah. went three and two at Gen Con. I was I was top eight um, for Gen Con for my day. So, mm -hmm. but because everybody like I don't so I don't like this shit talking stuff. Like that's not really my thing. Um, and it's because I'm an aggressive person. So like, I, I don't want to take it too far and upset somebody. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really the shit talking type, but I'm going to shit talk a little bit to say, if I'm not JJ's first round draft, whoever drafts me can come on and give JJ as much shit as they want. <laughs> I have the mute button next week. You can, you can literally, you can literally. And yeah, this is, this is a play. This JJ, you, I'm, I'm playing mind games over X-Wing with you, babe. You can, especially because like half the good players win this captains. <laughs> like, 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 like yeah. all these good players are now captains, so it'll be crazy. But if you want, if you draft me before JJ drafts me, you can come on and you can shit talk JJ all you want. All I have to do is just do this. Like, oh, there you go. No more JJ. Can you say something, JJ? Yeah, he's done. See, see how that works. You can come on the uh, Planning Face Syndicate. JJ's no more. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, we are going to go into our Andor segment. I'm not even going to take a break today. JJ, do you have to pee? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, all right, so we're going to take a two-minute break. Um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly, Nick. So, Nick, if you get it over him, there you go, baby. You can come on and talk as much shit as you want next week. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next week with more Planning Face Syndicate.